What's happening, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Jones Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. And today I'm joined by my man, my friend, Chris Franklin, beat writer for NJ.com covering the Philadelphia Eagles and also the last known dinosaur holding on to audio-only podcasts. I was, I was, I was second to the last dinosaur, and now Chris is the final dinosaur. What's going on, Chris? Not much, man. That 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 comment, that meteor is. I see it's getting bigger and bigger. The last hold. <laughs> no, I promise. Next week, I promise I will be on video. Right. I just can't do it tonight. So the setup I'm in right now for. But yes, I'm almost. We're almost extinct. There's not many of us left. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, full disclosure. I and uh, you know, I'm messing with you a little bit. But truth is, I actually kind of backed into the video thing. A friend of mine. My brother from another actually, he um he will been he's been wanting to do a podcast on YouTube, and I was kind of hesitant about it, and he kept badgering, well, not badgering, but he kept pushing. So I finally figured out how to do it. And Chris, once I figured out how to do, it, I was like, "That's it? It's that easy?" <laughs> so <laughs> I was I've been doing videos since then, and I went and um I had a GoPro, and I couldn't figure out how to work it. Then I finally got the sucker to work, only to find out that it doesn't work. So I oh. brought a webcam, yeah. So it's 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 a work in progress, but I'm happy with it, man. And it, it's it's so much easier because you know we've been doing this thing for a while, and yeah. there was a time where you had to pay somebody to come out and film you, and you had to pay them a lot because it was so hard. Between cell phones and advanced um, cameras and webcams, you really don't need to hire somebody now. You can you can put on a quality product, high quality product by yourself. So now that I know that. I'm all on. I'm all in. It's way oh, cheaper man. when it comes to that stuff. Like, it's imagine. It's funny how, like, just ten years ago, when you think about all the costs that would have gone into something like this, now it's like you just do it from your home, and it's it's, it's great. Like, I got love technology and the way it's all developed. Yeah, and you know, it, it's just not to belabor the point, but it's not as good as someone who has a passion for it, but it's good enough for people who want to just view it. And as long as you can hear and see somebody, you're good to go. That's all you got to do. You're good to go. You know, you know who's not good to go. And before we talk about anything, I go to a black barbershop and uh, it's about 15 barbers in there. And I would say eight out of the 15 are black. Uh, outside of that is pretty mixed. But every black barber in there, everybody was rooting for Lamar Jackson. We all had our Lamar Jackson purple pom-poms and T-shirts on. There was nothing you could tell us about Lamar Jackson. He was going to make it happen this weekend. He was going to beat Patrick Mahomes. They were on their way. What in the Sam Hill? I know what happened. But I'm going <laughs> to let you tell me what happened before I go on my rant. What in the world was that crap we watched last week or last Sunday? Well, I think the main thing when you look at stuff like that is you need to be – it's one of the ones you want composure in that moment and that in that setting, especially once you go from the AFC Championship on – it, you know, the lights are on you. There's only four teams playing at, a, at that moment. Everybody stops just to watch that game because everybody will see who's the Super Bowl. And I think they put so much pressure and they wanted to be the bad guys and, and try to assert themselves and, and being saying, telling the Chiefs that, hey, you know what? We're the best team in the conference. We're the ones that are going to come in and assert ourselves. We're the ones that are going to blow you out the water that they basically, I think they got too hyped up and too amped up and Lamar was part of that. And and when you have emotion overriding your what's done, what you've done well over that whole entire season, it plays a role. Like 
when he throwing throwing in a triple coverage, I believe it was likely. Nah, that that was a bad decision. And Lave was forcing stuff in the areas, and he didn't look off. I think it's just his the emotion got to him, and the rest of the Ravens to the point where it impacted him to the and and you saw that's where you saw a veteran team like the Chiefs who have been in that moment before. They know how to remain calm, keep their heart rate the same level, and you saw them. That's what why they overtook the Ravens in that aspect. That is a very, very astute, professional way to say that man choked. <laughs> Donovan McNabb that game. And I love Donovan McNabb. And for years, I denied Donovan McNabb choking in games. But let the record show, your honor, he choked, choked, chicken bone in the throat. I've, I've said, I use the analogy, he choked worse than a porn star. And because a porn star is the only person I know that could choke at that level and then show their face the next day. This dude, I was livid watching that game. And it wasn't, it wasn't a number situation. I mean, statistically, he played about the game that he plays. Statistically, he has a quarterback rating of 102 for the season. In that game, I believe his rating was well, it was a 75, but he threw for 272 yards. He averages 200 and like uh, 229. He averages 51 yards rushing. He averaged or he had 54 games. But it was the opportunities that he refused to take. As I sit here right now, struggling through allergies in the middle of February or the beginning of February in California, only in California do you have allergies, uh, <laughs> spring allergies, February 1st, I still am livid about that performance. And he'll never, I don't want to say never, but it's very unlikely he gets back to this position. He's always going to be the bridesmaid. This was his moment. And to not run the ball, to try to prove that he is the next Dan Marino, Joe Montana, with my man, you are not. Do what you do and do it. Like, I don't get what he was trying to prove. Run the freaking, we're going to talk about the Lions, and you're going to hear the word freaking a lot. Kick the freaking field goal. <laughs> Run the ball. Run the ball. They were in the cover two for the better part of the game, from what I understand. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Don't beat them deep. Cover two. Tampa Bay, cover two, Tampa two, whatever you want to call it, the middle of the field is always open. The middle of the field is always open. Run the ball. You're the number one rushing team in the NFL. Why are you throwing the ball on third and two? Whatever happened to exerting your physicality? Whatever happened to I am better and I'm going to prove it? Why did Lamar Jackson come in? I don't care about anything else that the Ravens did. I don't care about McDonald getting a job after single covering Travis Kelsey and Kelsey getting 11 touchdowns. That game came down to Lamar Jackson being special. And for the first time in 17 games or 18 games, he was pedestrian. He wasn't even like he wasn't even Ryan better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like his pedestrian is better than the average quarterback. But in this case, it wasn't. And it was frustrating because the game was there for him. And he refused to seize the moment. He got the breakaway. I forget what the uh, Kansas City D-back was. He turned around and stopped <laughs> instead of just running. I don't. I, I. I. It was infuriating watching that game. And you know, you could break it down schematically, and you did a. You were very eloquent in explaining what happened. But to me, it was the biggest choke job I've seen a quarterback. I've seen a NFL player do since McNabb against the Carolina Panthers when he eventually got hurt. And. Now that I'm years removed from the McNabb performances, he choked in them NFC title games. He And in the Super Bowl, he played lights out. But in the NFC title games where he lost, he choked. From the first one to the Rams, 
where he threw a bunny to Aeneas Williams um, in the middle of the field, all the way to the last one in Arizona. You know, it, so I know what this looks like. And I don't believe Lamar gets a second, not with, not with Harbaugh on the sideline. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. I, I, I think they do. I, I really think they do because every year, every year it seems like the last couple of years, what's been the, the AFC championship? Well, most of the people have been like, I've seen or I've heard everything going, well, it's going to be uh, Joe Burrow and, uh, and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship. Oh, yeah. And I don't think Burrow's getting back anytime soon, especially with Higgins going probably gone. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are probably going anytime soon. So I think the path is there for the, the North. And to me, I think they're still going to be the best team in the North. The path is there for them to get, get back, get to home field again, and get there to get in. Do they host it? No. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar is back there within the next two years. I, I think he's do that. And this is a situation where it probably helps him. I also, and I'm thinking this is what I'm talking to you now, I also wonder how much he wanted to prove everybody wrong, especially the guys like uh, uh, Mike Florio and everything else who called him and, and basically said he wasn't worth the risk. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not direct quoting it. But guys like that who are calling him out and saying he's not worth trading for and, and all those reports that happened in the offseason, he's going to go, I'm going to show you. And I wonder how much it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to open up the game plan and throw against these guys. And it didn't show up. In, in essence, it kind of proved them right in a way to going, I showed you that no, we you did not. You showed that you were <laughs> you did not. <laughs> you know, it, it's the thing about it. To your point, is that maybe the and and there's a good chance that that happened, but he didn't need to do it. And someone told me there's footage of Odell telling him he's got to run the ball. Like we need you to be special running the ball. And I don't know how true that is, but uh, that I don't know how true that is, but that that's what was said to me, and I haven't seen the video, but I know someone on that sideline had to ask him what's going on. And you, people keep talking about the triple coverage. To me, that game was lost in the first quarter when they didn't come out and seize the moment. You have to seize the moment at times. And, you know, it. it, it that was his moment. Now, speaking of moments and seizing it, Patrick Mahomes did it again. And I am now not – he is in the Tom Brady rarefied air. I didn't bet it towards MJ's final years. I didn't bet against him. Tom Brady, I didn't bet against him. And now in his prime, I am not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I am not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes again. He has slayed dragon after dragon. Travis Kelsey is 100 years old, and he had 11 receptions. He didn't drop a pass. And this dude played like poopy school all year, inconsistent at best, and he didn't drop a pass. Patrick Mahomes' performance, now we're going into the Super Bowl, and we'll get into that after we talk about the Niners. But what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do in his short time in the NFL is nothing short of legendary. And you just wonder – well, no, I don't wonder. You you just have to have to marvel at it at this point. And, I mean, are you joining me on this, or are you still going to pick against him, like look at the numbers and pick against him? No, I think he, I think he gets a back-to-back – I think he gets back-to-back Super Bowls this year. I really do, and and I'm and even when you're thinking of who could be the next one to rival, the only guy I can see I can see potentially doing that is if if he elevates it from what he did show me next year, C.J. Stroud in a few years, and that's even a few years from now. I think Stroud's mm-hmm. that type of player where you can blend the the, impro- the improvisation, the arm strength, the accuracy. I see a lot of traits that make him a future top five quarterback in that. But right now, 
he, I, I'm not picking any other quarterback. Because also you get, you, you get the Brady rule with him too because if you sneeze on him, you'll get the flags too. So, you know, you have always had that thing with it. So, but, but, but all, all kidding aside, when you look at just what Mahomes is doing with that receiving core, I mean, he's turning Rasheed Rice into a legit number one really? receiver now. You look at what Kelsey, you mentioned Kelsey and he's getting older, yeah. You look and you look at the rest of the guy, Martez Valdez Scandal. Like he's the guy, like he's your closer now because Mahomes is putting and trusting him and putting the ball in a position where he can actually make a catch and he's actually catching the ball this time. So you look at what he's doing with that core, you gotta give hats off. And yeah, he he's the best quarterback in the game. And I just you know, they so they start out the season, they lose to Detroit. And everybody talks about how their days are over. You know, the run is over. Then they run off six straight wins. You know what I mean? Six straight wins. Then they lose to Denver. And everyone starts questioning them. And they go back and forth a little bit throughout the season. And you just you start thinking, well, they're not as good as they used to be. And it's that Muhammad Ali line. Well, your wife told me you weren't as good as you were 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, like, there's yes, there's a new version of them. But the fact that they let, Tyreek Hill go, rebuilt that defense, and now they've got a young, aggressive defense with a quarterback that's been through the been through the rigors of the NFL, lost the Super Bowl, won a or yeah, lost the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. He lost one, right? He's won two. Yeah. I know he's won two San Francisco and the Eagles. Who did no Tampa Bay beat Cincinnati? So yeah. He's won two Super Bowls already. And oh. you just got he be the because it was a goat versus the baby goat discussion. I remember all that. Okay, so I'm, yeah, for some reason I, I'm I'm drawing a blank, but the point is he's he's lost big game, he's lost a big game before, but you never felt like that was it for him. You always felt like he'll get better. Conversely, Lamar, I I feel like that was it for him. I feel like there'll be you know, it's not gonna happen. He's he's in the Dominique Wilkins realm now. But anyway, Ooh. back to Mahomes. Yeah, well, we could we could elaborate on it. It's just. He's he was too good to not get it done. And yeah, the opponent would may have been better if you line him up skill for skill Mahomes, but he had the better team and he had the momentum. He had the home, like he had everything to win that game. All he had to do was do what he does. And he wouldn't do that. It's a lot of dudes, but he wouldn't do that. And it's just like, man, it's not gonna get easier for you. And there's nothing else that's going to land your way. And next year, you don't know who's going to be the hot team, who's going to be the hot quarterback. And Mahomes is still going to be there. So you you got the unknowns, and then you got the known. So, yeah, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. And, and you mentioned Burrow, you know, Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. You don't know what's going to happen in Cleveland. You don't know what's happening in Cincinnati. You know Pittsburgh will be in the playoffs come hella high water. Buffalo will be sneaking in somehow, some way. You know, but there'll be another team that we're not talking about that maybe rises from the ashes or comes out of nowhere and gives them a challenge. I mean, they lost to the Titans for crying out loud. Like they're finding teams to lose to at this point. I don't see what changes for him going forward. Give me something that you think going forward can change for him that can help him get on the winning side of these things. I think the reliance he gets one. I think Zay Flowers continues to develop. I just think. Yeah, they just need another receiver, too, besides Zay Flowers. And you got Mark Andrews, but, you know, you can't rely on your tight end being your main focal point of the offense. Just need one more receiver. I know Odell was supposed to be that guy, and you had Aguilar. Just one receiver, 
one, one more receiver to line up a, 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 alongside Flowers, and he'll be fine. And especially keep Andrews, he'll, he'll be fine. That that alone, I think, will be able to get him back to at least one more AFC Championship game before all said and done. And so you like Zay Flowers, huh? Yeah. Flowers has got a seventy uh, percent catch rate. You know, it, every time I look at catch rate, it's always funny to me because Jeremy Macklin for years had like a sixty something catch rate. And when I was at the Fanatic, I would argue with fans because they tried to tell me Jeremy Macklin was a top ten receiver. This was the in chip we trust trust crowd, by the way, which drove, <laughs> drove me. I know I got a whole side of gray hairs dealing with those fools. <laughs> but, you know, you look at a 70% catch rate. He was targeted uh, over 100 times. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know going into the game, looking at the numbers, he was targeted over 100 times. So that's roughly about 70-some catches. I know he didn't have over 1,000 yards. I don't know if that guy's ever going to be a lead number one. And Baltimore has to focus. Like you said, you can't use the tight end. I disagree with you. I think they need to – Look for a um, Shannon Sharp. I know those guys don't grow on trees, but like a Shannon Sharp, uh, the tight end from New Orleans that was a monster in New Orleans who's from Miami. It's not Graham. Jimmy I forget Graham? it. Jimmy Graham. Was it Jimmy? Jimmy Graham. That type of, of, of player that can just make plays for them. They don't need to have a guy, a wide receiver in the traditional sense. They just need a playmaker in the receiving core. And uh, I hate the phrase dog, <laughs> but someone who will get, who will challenge Lamar publicly, that maybe could be the breadcrumbs to lead him to what he needs. But even that, I, I just, I don't have much faith in. If you need all of that, man, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But what more, like, it's like, come on, man. You work across the street. You can't get there on time. Like, come on, man. What else did you need? Let me just go just for 20 minutes on it, and I can go on and on and on. 49ers, Lions. Kick the freaking field goal. <laughs> you lose by three. You left six points on the board. Kick the freaking Dan, – you know Dan Campbell cried in the car. You know he cried in the car. You know he did. Why – Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why were they going for it on fourth down when the 49ers had the momentum at that point? You know, he's another guy who I really <laughs> He's another guy. I'm just like, you know, everybody loves those analytics and, and that one too. You know, he's a gut guy and he goes with the flow of the emotion. And when emotion clouds your decision making, that's when you start making that. Now, in fairness, and I heard this before, his field goal kicker is horrible beyond. 50 yard uh, beyond 45 45 is mm. horrible it's drawing I'm playing I'll, I'll, I'll find it if I can but I look at the fact that you, you gotta take you gotta just something I, I blame him for not appointing a guy on his staff to tell him hold up don't do this that one too because you know he's an excitable guy we all know the biting of the kneecaps and this we play with emotion. We're playing Detroit grit. Detroit life. You see that guy go, yo, um, nah, man, nah, go, go chill down. Like you need a reverse hype man for him because you know, say, no, no, chill. He's, he needs a reverse hype man because that's the only. <laughs> he needs a girlfriend or a wife. Is that what you're saying? Don't want to on your happiness. Um, <laughs> man, don't do this. You know what happened last time? Somebody like that. So we go mess him up. So he needs like, a wet blanket. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the um, thing. Like, 
his, I think that's the main thing that he, he's too emotional in, in, in his decision making. Ron Rivera. I, I I think the whole the whole he leads with his gut thing that he tries to pedal out there is an excuse for not thinking. And you say, well, that's what leading with your gut means. But no, you when you're a head coach, you're uh you're as cerebral as well as calculated. And they were up twenty four to seven at halftime. They proceeded to score seven points in the next two quarters. If they score thirteen in the next two quarters, they're headed to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And he had done this all year, from what I heard. Whoop the damn do! But I remember in Dallas, he went for it on this two point conversion after the penalty and lost the game. Maybe that was the football gods and the ghost of Detroit Lions past telling him, Night Train Lane, saying, Hey, Dan, be ready because it's going to happen again. Kick the piece. Kick the piece. <laughs> so, you know, I don't believe the gut. I believe that he just wanted to prove, again, how smart he was, how he knew more than everyone else. And how, you know, he doesn't need analytics. He doesn't need anybody because he knows the game because he played the game. And you know what? He knows nothing. Because the smartest man in the room knows he's not the smartest man in the room. Kick the freaking field goal. If his kicker misses the field goal, right? Let me put it to you this way. You've had three downs to get to 10 yards. You didn't make it happen. That happens. Kicker misses the field goal and you go for it again. You say, all right, well, the kicker missed the field goal, so we got to go through it. But after your after Jamar uh, after Jamar Gibbs fumbles, after I mean, sort of, and, and ignoring the fact they stopped giving him the ball in the second half, we'll move past that. Your receiver drops the ball. You at this point need to put some sort of confidence in your team. Kick the field goal. Play the averages. Go three. Go run, run, run. Get six yards. Right. You had it in great field position after the Purdy interception. Run, 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 get six yards, seven yards, kick the field goal. Now you put some more points on it. Now San Francisco is no longer thinking, oh, all we got to do is score. Now their mindset is shifted to, we got to get back in the game. We saw Brock Purdy throw a fadeaway pass in the middle of the field, right? So I don't even know the receiver that caught it, but we saw a hand from God come out of nowhere and catch it. You're (laughs) telling me that that dude's down by three scores, he's not going to start throwing the ball to the other team a lot? Yes, that's going to happen. Play the game the right way. or I don't want to say play the right way. Play smart. Don't play with your gut. Don't play with physicality. Play smart. More points is better than no points. Make sense? Yeah, right? I, think it, I think it does. I, I went to school, and I think that we're told when one something's greater than the other, that means it's more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's like, you know, Debo killed them. Ayuk had the uh, had to touch the unbelievable reception. I believe it. I believe that was him. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, that was great. That was off the helmet. At that point, you're losing the game. Forget the score. You're losing the game. Long drive. Take time off the clock. That was another thing that that really blew my mind. There was they were moving instead of just playing. Instead of running the ball, make it third and manageable. But you know, every possession, every possession, you're going at one on this on the. I said shot clock. One on the game clock. One on the play clock. Every possession, you're waiting, 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 waiting. Because at that point, you're putting the pressure on the 49ers 
to have to make plays. You're making a quarterback who's not known for making plays, who's known for, and they don't want to say he's a game manager, but known for playing smart, not for being a playmaker. Now you're making him have to make plays because they're losing the time of possession. You know, as it is, despite the the uh, Lions winning the whole first half, they lost the time of possession. So that's insane to me. The 49ers had the ball more and almost still lost, which tells you a lot going into the Super Bowl. But that's what I take away from that game. Jamil Hill said that this is uh, Dan Campbell is uh, should not have been a head coach. You know, and he uh, – I shouldn't say she said not, not a direct coach, but she questioned his acumen to be a head coach. And she's getting ripped for that because he made it to the NFC title game. But I think that just highlighted why he should not be a head coach. I think that game highlighted that. And you look at that division, Minnesota lost a starting quarterback. Green Bay is in diapers, you know, and you got, uh, well, yeah, I mean, any, any way you want to find it. And then you've got Chicago still trying to figure out how to get to the stadium, yet alone win a game. <laughs> Detroit was a team that benefited from that, but it didn't mean that he was a great or a good head coach. And we're seeing that. Sariani kicks the field goal. As much as we rip him, Sariani kicks the field goal. You know, Belichick kicks the field goal. Reed kicks the field goal. Harbaugh would have kicked the field goal. All those coaches have played in the big game. None of them will read it, but even Tomlin probably kicks the field goal. Peyton kicks the field goal. So it just it, it it highlights the fact that maybe he's just not that good of a football mind. We got five minutes left in this segment. I wanted to talk Eagles, but we're not going to have a chance. So let's break down the Super Bowl. What do you see in this? What matchup do you are you looking forward to watching? And who do you think is going to win? I'm really looking – and now I'm escaping. Why am I blanking out so much tonight? But I'm really thinking of the, the – Allergies, uh, brother. It's allergies. The allergy oh, season wish, is around the corner. Oh, man. I wish it was out here warming it out there. But Nick Bosa against the Chiefs right tackle is the one Ooh. that I'm really, really – if I'm a Chiefs, I'm giving him help. I'm chipping. I'm doing whatever I can to not have him disrupted. Because when you look at what the Chiefs if, – if they have an Achilles heel – is when it comes pressure from that side, and we know he we know he's going to get called for holding. You, you can guarantee. If <laughs> I can guarantee that. <laughs> if they're prop bets, if there's a one and a half, uh, if there's a half holding on him, I'm taking the, the right tackle hold. If there's a offsides on the on a tackle, I'm taking that prop bet on that too because he all they will always look for that. But anywho, it's the Chiefs how they handle that the the pass the 49ers pass rush, and I think that's going to be the way to, to do it. And it's not necessarily just blitzing or which they don't do a lot of anyway but it's not necessarily just you know trying to use your edge rushers using chase young and and, and bosa coming off the edges and putting it there you might have to it, it sounds and it's so crazy you might have to mush rush him a little bit just to get hands mm. in his ways in his throwing lanes to protect, prevent him from looking downfield and just holding them up so maybe just in case maybe he doesn't see kelsey's but maybe he doesn't see rice and then you just see he maybe has to throw away a little bit more just enough to affect him to the point where he's not Patrick Mahomes. And that's the biggest thing. Get him uncomfortable. Take a 15-yarder within the first – hit him hit yeah. him, hit yeah. him the first five minutes just to let him know we're coming to play and some thing. But that's the one – that's the only way I can see the 49ers really getting that – really coming away with winning that game. I, I'm on a different path than you with the 49ers. I don't – 
the matchup I'm looking forward to first is the Kansas City Chiefs defense against the 49ers offense. Nice. And I'll, I'm going to put it to you like this. Brock Purdy had probably his worst game ever or for the season against the Baltimore Ravens, who were pretty much the best defense in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Four interceptions that game, um, two sacks. He played awful. I think his longest pass was like one yard. Like, he played awful. His longest pass was probably a little bit more than that, but you get the point. You know who the number two defense pretty much across the board in the league is? Kansas City. Jeez. And it's like it's like by five tenths of a yard. It's the difference between the two. <laughs> We're gonna find out how good Brock Purdy really is. The lights are bright. It's a huge stage. Kyle Shanahan is gonna draw up plays that eventually will get somebody open. How is he going to handle that defense flying around? You mentioned Nick Bosa. Patrick Mahomes on the other side is aware that Bosa's there. I think he's going to take advantage of him. Bosa will probably get a sack because there'll be multiple possessions for Kansas City. But I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will make plays that will nullify Bosa, kind of the way the Eagles nullified Micah Parsons the first time they played him. I... I'm looking forward to those two matchups, the Mahomes, Bosa, but more than anything, Purdy against the defense. Because I've never believed into the 49ers. I felt like they were bullies, and I felt like, you know, they do a lot of yakety, 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 yak, but when they get punched in the mouth, they fold. Well, they beat. They came back and beat the Lions. So we'll see if they can do it. Because you know what they say, once is an accident, twice is a pattern. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they can do against this defense, because this defense is Baltimore's defense. This, I mean, it's, schematically, it's a little different. But they're just as good, just as fast, just as physical, and they know what they're doing. They've been to the Super. They've been here before. They were here an hour ago, playing a physical NFC team with with explosive weapons on the outside, and they managed to pull it out. I don't think the 49ers will be this close. It as I'm in the Bay Area, it'll be great to watch them get crushed. Um, I'm not wishing for that, but it would be nice to see so we can stop poo-hooing about Mr. Relevant and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the Chiefs in this game. It's funny, I picked against the Chiefs the last two weeks, and I'm now picking them to win the Super Bowl. But I do I like the Chiefs in this game, and I like them to win by double digits. Whoa, whoa! I like that. I, I mean, I can see that happen. It, I, and personally, from a personal note, I would like to see a Super Bowl that's decided from this side, especially on the East Coast side, because I know I'm going to have to write a lot. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay, we know what's going to happen this way. But now I think I look at it. I, I, I can see. I see it more being like a. Uh, I think it's more of a touchdown. Mm. I it's going to be a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be field goal, but I don't see. You know, I think it's a touchdown or less. In a fact that it's going to rival last year's game as being one of the best, one of one of the closest games in in in, in Super Bowl history, most entertaining games in Super Bowl history too. So I think you get because just I just look at the, the skill position guys on both sides. You know, Debo is going to be a couple of weeks removed from that shoulder injury. He should be rested up and should be good to go. I see it, and I'm like, you know what? It is, it's, going to, it's going to be a good game. I mean, I will. I like your way better. Make it double digits. Make it the, <laughs> we, we out. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we bedtime. We night-night. Chris, <laughs> I appreciate you, brother, man. Great to always talk with you. Looking forward to next week's show, and then we will probably have to mix the schedule up since there's no football to talk about every week. But great to have you, man. And if you guys get a chance, quickly before we go, make sure you check out Chris's interview with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith the Philadelphia Eagles. Some great stuff there. 
There's a lot of news circulating around A.J. Brown I wanted to get into. We just don't have time with it. But make sure you check that interview out. And make sure you check Chris's articles out and follow him on Instagram and all his social media platforms. I appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, man. Thanks again for having me on, man. Enjoy, the, enjoy that warm allergy. I wish we had allergies out here. It would be nice, be nice and warm. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to invest in some Benadryl tonight. I don't know. But that's it for this episode of Parallel Sports Talk. I'm Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, we appreciate your time here. You be easy.